Welcome to the Dream Job System, the only podcast that provides proven tangible strategies to help you land a job you love without traditional experience and without applying online. Get ready to level up your job search with your host, Austin Belsack. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dream Job System podcast. I'm your host, Austin Belsack. And in this episode, I'm going to walk you through nine unique questions that you can ask in your next interview that are going to help you stand out and land more job offers. Now, the reason that I put this list together is because the Q&A portion of the interview tends to be one of the most impactful, but it's also one of the most overlooked by job seekers. I can't tell you how many job seekers I speak to who tell me that they didn't ask any questions in their last interview. And then the vast majority of people who do ask questions, simply ask the same stuff as everybody else. What's your favorite part about working here? Tell me a little bit about the culture. All of these questions that don't really do much to show your expertise and set you apart. Now, that's not to say those questions don't have a purpose when used intentionally. But if you're only asking questions that everybody else is asking, you're not really doing much to set yourself apart. And that's what most job seekers miss. They miss the fact that the Q&A section at the end of the interview is one of the few parts of the interview that they actually control, where they're in the driver's seat and they can ask the questions. And they also don't realize that asking great questions is an awesome way to show off your expertise and illustrate your value and separate yourself from everybody else. So I put together a list of nine of my favorite questions that are also pretty unique and you won't find many other job seekers asking these. In addition to that, these questions do a lot to make you look great in front of a hiring manager, as well as get the information you need to make sure that this company is a great fit for you. So let's dive into each of them. The first question is, let's fast forward one year and say you're looking back on this hire. What did they do to exceed every single one of your expectations? This shows the interviewer that your results focus and you want to know the exact blueprint and the expectations that this person has. You also want to know exactly what success looks like so that if you get hired into this role, you can start to create a plan to begin chipping away at that and working towards that on day one. The other benefit of this is if they can tell you what this looks like in an earlier interview, you can actually take that into future interviews and say, well, in my last interview, I was speaking to so-and-so and they told me that success looks like this. These are the exact KPIs. These are the exact objectives we're looking to hit. And here's how I've done that in the past. Here's how my value fully aligns to that. So this can be a really, really powerful question to keep in your toolbox. The second question is, what is the most unexpected thing you've learned while working at this company? Now, most interviewers aren't prepared for this question, and that is the exact reason why it's so awesome, because everybody else is asking them things like, what's your favorite part about working here? Or, you know, what do you love about the culture? And they have canned answers to all of those questions. When you ask them about the most unexpected thing they've learned, they don't have an answer prepared. And that typically leads to a lot of unique experiences and stories. And that's going to give you a bunch of insight into the team that you probably wouldn't get from some canned rehearsed answer that they've given to a million other candidates. The third question is, why is this role open? So this question is more for you, but it's so, so critical to understand why the company has decided to create this headcount and to pay this person tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. Are they doing that because the company is expanding and there's the opportunity to capitalize on a new market? Did they do that because the previous employee quit? And if so, it might be helpful to understand why they quit. Or are they doing this because the last person was laid off and maybe they were laid off along with a bunch of other people, which would also be helpful for you to know. When you understand why the role is open and why the company is choosing to invest in this space, that gives you a lot of insight into what's going on at the company as well as the health of the company. 
The fourth question is, who would not be a good fit at this company? So I got this question from my buddy Zane Khan. He is an awesome follow on both Twitter and LinkedIn. But he shared this because he said it's just as important to understand who is not a good fit as it is to understand who is a good fit. And the other reason why this question is a great ask is because, again, most people ask about who would be a good cultural fit. You know, what traits are you looking for in this hire? And because a lot of people ask that question, there are a lot of canned answers and responses. So by flipping the script and asking who would not be a good fit, we force the interviewer to pause. We force them to think and we force them to come up with some answers that are not pre-rehearsed, which, again, is going to give you a lot of insight into who is going to be a fit and who is not at this company. And you're basically going to get the same information. If you understand who is not a fit at the company and that aligns with what you're looking for, aka you also agree that those things aren't a good fit for you, then you might be on the same page as the company. So you can still get into the same answer. You can still get the same information, but but asking about it in this unconventional way is just going to get you better answers. The fifth question is, what goals has your manager set out for you over the next six months and how can this hire help you achieve them? So everybody wants to look good in front of their manager, including the person that you would be reporting to, right? They have a manager who's giving them tasks and they want to look good in front of their manager. And one of the secrets to success is making your manager look really, really good in front of their managers. So showing that you understand that and that you're willing to prioritize your manager's goals and your manager's brand is a great way to connect with them and make a really, really strong impression versus everybody else who's focused on themselves and their goals and what they're hoping to get out of this role. So that's a great way to differentiate yourself from the pack. The sixth question is, how many people in this role have been promoted to more senior internal positions? So there are a lot of things we want to look for in a role. We obviously want a great salary, want to work with great people, but we also want there to be a growth trajectory, right? We want there to be a path to a more senior role, to promotion, to more money that way. Because if this is a great company, you want to stay there for a while. You want to be able to climb the ranks. You want to be able to continually be challenged and to grow. And that is one of the most important things to understand because there are many, many companies out there that would prefer to bring in somebody external for senior roles versus promoting internally. And that's something that you want to know before you step into a role because you don't want to end up two years, three years down the line where you've been asking for a promotion for a couple of years now and you've been over delivering on your results and your manager keeps telling you, well, you know, we're almost there. We just need to see X, Y, and Z. They keep moving the goalposts on you. And then you basically have to go somewhere else in order to get that promotion that you're looking for. Now, if that's something that you know going into this role and you kind of accept that by accepting this offer, that's totally fine. But at least your expectations are set and you're not going to run into this whole situation where you're basically being told you will be promoted, but then the goalposts keep moving and then you build a lot of frustration and resentment. This question allows you to understand this early on so that you can set your expectations accordingly and then begin planning earlier on whether that's around getting promoted internally or starting to look externally once you've gotten the experience and the results that you need in order to make that step up at another company. The seventh question is, can you tell me about a time when someone was encouraged to step outside the confines of their job description? So this question is a two-for-one deal because when we talk about stretch projects, we can learn a lot about how companies view their employees. So if the stretch project was to help them grow because maybe they proactively brought up this 
desire to expand their skill set in a new area or to hone their skill set in a specific area. And their manager said, I'd love to help you do that. I'd love to help you grow. Let's get you involved in this stretch project. It's outside of your job description, but it will help you become a more valuable employee. It will help you hone those skills that you want. I'm all for it. That's an awesome setup, right? That's the type of manager that we want. And we'll learn that from this question. But on the flip side, we're still learning a lot as well. Because if this manager shares an example that basically sounds like it was forcing their employees to do extra unnecessary work that they weren't getting paid for and wasn't aligned with their growth trajectory, that's also great to know. Because the last thing you want to do is accept a job where your manager is dumping more work on your plate that is not really in line with anything beneficial to you. You're not learning new skills that you care about. You're not growing. You're not being challenged. It's just more work that might help them look better, might serve them, but isn't really serving you. That is also great to know. And it's what makes this question awesome, because no matter what answer you get, you're going to get some insight into who this person is as a manager and how they're going to treat you and your growth as an employee. The eighth question is, can you walk me through the roadmap and projections for the next 12 months at this company? So before you jump into any job, you should know where they stand and where they're going. So when I say where they stand, what I'm really talking about is the health of the company. Are they profitable? And if not, what is their vision to get to profitability? Have they laid people off recently? Have they had to downsize? Are they expanding? Are they hiring? All of this stuff is so important to know before you step into a job, but so many people don't ask about it. And that is really, really dangerous because companies can make everything seem awesome. They can pay a bunch of money to have really slick hiring processes and have really great recruiters who are really nice to you. And then you get into the role and you realize, whoa, this is a sinking ship. We're bleeding money. There's no real plan for the future. We're making poor investments. And then what do you have to do? You have to jump back into the job search. So any company that's worth their salt and is doing well will likely be able to provide you with their current numbers and a clear vision for the future. And they'll probably be excited to do that because they're doing well and they want to show off the fact that they're doing well. Whereas other companies that might not be doing so well might be hesitant to share this with you. And of course, they're going to frame it up as, oh, we don't share that with candidates. You know, that's internal information, employees only. But that is a red flag because any company that is doing well, they're going to want to sing that from the rooftops, right? They're going to want to tell everybody because that is free marketing and visibility for them, especially in a world where so many companies are just simply operating off of funding and they're not yet profitable. So please make sure to ask about the health numbers currently, as well as the roadmap and the projections for the next 12 months. And last but not least, the ninth item on our list is more of a tip than it is a question, but it is to make a prioritized list of all the questions that you're going to ask. So feel free to cherry pick from the list that I just went through. Feel free to add your own in. If you do want to ask about the culture or any of these other questions, that's totally fine. If you have an intention behind the question, if you're looking to get specific info, but most interviews only offer about five to 10 minutes for questions at the very end. So that gives you time for two, maybe three questions. So what I want you to do is have those prepared ahead of time. Create that prioritized list, handpick the two to three questions that you're going to ask live. And then if you need more information, definitely do not be afraid to ask the interviewer for that. Say, hey, I know we're at time. I want to be respectful of your schedule. I know things are really busy. You might have other interviews or other meetings, but I do have a few other questions. Would it be okay if I emailed them to you? And that person is likely going to say, yes, no problem. Here's my email address. And so then you can ask those additional questions. But in the live interview, you're likely only going to be able to ask two, maybe three questions. So it's important to prioritize and prepare that specific list so that you don't get caught off guard by asking one question and thinking, oh, I'm going to get to all of these and then only getting to two, maybe three of them. I don't want you to end up in that situation. So 
That's it for today. I hope you found this list of questions helpful. And I also hope that there were some in here that you hadn't heard before, because again, a lot of people ask the same questions. So if you can cherry pick a couple of these that are going to be a little bit more unique, you're going to stand out from the crowd and you're also going to get some better information. Now, as always, if you found this episode valuable, I'd be so grateful if you shared it with just one other person who is going through the interview process or is struggling to convert interviews to offers. Because when you help spread the word, it means the world to me. It's how we help this podcast grow. It's how we get the advice in the hands of more people so that they can go out there and land job offers. So sharing it with one more person is the coolest thing you can do. And I will see you in the next episode of the podcast. 